Welcome to the First Comics News Welcome back to episode 44 of the First Comics News Podcast. See, I told everyone it wouldn't be a year gap between episodes. Uh, we're going to go over some of the news and new comic books for March 4th, 2020. I'm going to start off with the one that was a little bit of controversial in the world of comic books, and that was Ablaze Publishing's Queen of the Black Coast, The Sumerian Issue 1. Uh, this is based on Robert E. Howard's savage hero, Conan. Now, you may wonder how this is possible since Conan is licensed through Marvel Comics. I gave the first issue of that relaunch a great uh, score after they got the rights back from Dark Horse. But turns out that Conan, some of the early stories are going into the public domain, uh, which means anyone can adapt or use them. Uh, you may notice when I told you the name of the comic book that they do not use the word Conan anywhere in the, uh, the title or anywhere on the cover of the book, actually. And there's a good reason for that, because Conan is not completely in the public domain. Only the things before a certain date are available for adaptation. A few years ago, the same thing happened to Sherlock Holmes. Uh, the early stories went into public domain, so anyone can use them, write stories, publish them, uh, adapt them as they saw fit, but not the latter half of the uh, of the run. So where Sherlock had retired and Watson had moved in with his uh, wife, uh, that stuff was still off limits, so if you wrote about that time period, it was still under copyright, uh, but the early stories were not. So that's the same situation we have here. So Blaze uh, came to an agreement with uh, the Robert E. Howard estate, so they're publishing The Queen of the Black Coast now, uh, and they are coming out. Actually, this is really exciting. If uh, Marvel Comics adaptation of Conan is a little, I don't know how to say, lighthearted for you, uh, they are uh, there's good news on the horizon. Ablaze Publishing will be publishing Red Nails, uh, and it's going to be uncensored, adult, violent, and sexy, uh, which is coming out soon. So I'm actually looking forward to that uh, because Conan Unleashed is a great Conan indeed. Uh, Queen of the Black Coast, a very cool story. Uh, they, they draw Conan not like, you know, it's, it's not like the Marvel comic Conan. Uh, they did a little bit of more Neanderthal look to his face, kind of differentiate him a little bit. I think that was probably part of the agreement, but, I mean, you still know it's Conan. Uh, he, he's escaping, just like the, the original story that this is based on, that is being uh, published in the back of every issue uh, in segments as well. Um, he's escaping from... Uh, he kills a judge at the beginning of the story, and uh, he's escaping. He gets on a boat that's sailing off, and, he, you know, don't tell Conan, no, you can't get on. Uh, so he he rides the boat off, and they go down, and uh, they get ambushed by the Queen of the Black Coast. And uh, anyone who's that bloodthirsty and violent uh, obviously catches Conan's eye. And uh, soon soon enough, he leaves his old comrades behind to die and uh, joins up with the Queen. And they, uh, as much as Conan can, I, I believe, fall in love. So it, it was very cool. Uh, I mean, Robert E. Howard, he knows how to write some swords and fantasy. You know, it's... Uh, it's great stuff. Uh, this issue features great art, uh, great adaptation. He, he streamlines uh, the author here, uh, writer Gene David Morvan, uh, adapts the work, and he does a, a very fine job. The story moves along in a crisp tale. 
not bad for a title originally published in 1934. So check out A Blaze. You may not, maybe your comic shop doesn't carry a lot of independence, but you're a Conan fan, uh, definitely check it out. Another little known title you may not have heard of is Batman, issue 90. Uh, this is part of a big Batman, uh, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, the, ooh, the big thing, you know, this year. This is what's going to reshape Batman's world. Um, and, and sure as shit, that's what's going to happen here. Uh, it's James, uh, what's, how do you say his last name? Ta- uh, James Turnian the Fourth. Uh, doing a fine job, even though I don't know about Harley Quinn uh, helping out Batman. Uh, but this is, episode reveals some unknown history of Batman's most famous villains, the Riddler, the Penguin, uh, the Joker, and Catwoman. Um, so Batman's not really involved, uh, much like the last uh, season ender of Doctor Who. Uh, Batman just kind of listens as Catwoman talks the whole episode. Uh, and there is some fine fine reveals uh, in this issue. Um, the big one is that there was a, uh, a villain, a, a, an overarching villain called The Designer, who takes these heroes. Now, you remember the old Batman TV show in the 60s and how the villains were kind of comical in character? Uh, you know, they, they robbed banks, but they, they weren't really violent. Well, the designer brings all these villains in and he, and he sits down one at a time with them in another room and he, and he breaks down where they're going wrong. And, uh, and really, it, 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 it shows as close to an origin of the Joker as we could possibly get, I feel. Uh, and it leaves off on a great cliffhanger as well. Uh, I mean, whew, this is going to be... Uh, this is going to be a good one. Uh, this is going to be... Uh, a great. I don't, I don't follow Batman month after month, year after year, um, but this has got my attention. Uh, just the, the, you know, the publicity, the way everything's going with it, um, the second printings automatically. It just, man, it. I don't. I don't need a thousand Batman stories a year. Uh, when the 50, new Fifty Two rebooted, they had you know bad forces, bad teams, bad franchises, bad girl, bad boy, bad dog. Everything, I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. Uh, but I could I could really sink my teeth into one great Batman arc a year, and uh, that's what I think this is going to give us. So Batman number ninety, I'll pick it up today. Uh, let's get off of the the big publisher for a few minutes here. Let's go. Uh, we're gonna take a look at a comic called Join the Future. Not. Uh, I, mean, I guess it works as a description of what's going on here, but uh, not the most catchy of titles. But this is by Zach Kaplan um, and, oh, Piotr Kowalski. Uh, it's from Aftershock, and the first issue just came out this week, and this uh, first issue is called Giving Thanks. And there's a future, uh, in the near future, there's a big city, and uh, everything's great, you know, you put that in air quotes, everything's great, healthcare, sporting events, you know, join the future, it's all great. Uh, and then on the Midwest, there's people who don't want to join the future, they don't want to move into the cities, they don't want to be a, 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 a cog in the works. Uh, and these people are out living their life uh, to the best that they can. And, you know, they seem pretty content. There seems to be a little, little, you know, some people want to go, but for the majority in the town, they don't want to. And they're visited by people from the bigger city, and they're trying to get them to join in. Uh, and then, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really work. Uh, they kick them out of the town. And then uh, things go downhill rapidly. So uh, it's, it's interesting. I, 
I don't know where they're going to really go with this. Uh, I mean, God, it's uh, the last page of this issue is a uh, oof. It's, oh man, it's tough. Uh, not for the faint of heart. It, it, it is very violent, uh, and the violence is contained to uh, to shall we say adults. Uh, there is there, there's casualties of war for sure in this one. Uh, and but aftershock uh, is continuing a, a nice strong run of uh, comics. Um, and I'm interested. I'm going to probably follow a couple more issues, see how it goes, and uh, see if it's going to be one I'm going to keep up with. Uh, let's go back to uh, the majors. We'll touch in with Marvel real quick. Uh, Spider-Man Noir issue one came out. Uh, for a character that's been around for, oh, God, what's it been, about 20 years now, uh, here and there, uh, he really caught on after the uh, Spider-Verse movie, and he was very cool. And this comic continues that. Uh, I was never a Noir fan I, never, I don't even think I read any of the stories. It just seems silly to me. But after seeing the Spider-Verse, I'm kind of into it. Uh, now they have Spider, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man Noir as well as Spider-Ham. So it's, it's good to be here. Uh, this, you know, 2020 with these kind of comics being published. Uh, and it's true to the Noir. It's mainly in black and white with a very good use of color. Um, I don't know. Again, it's a miniseries. I think it's five issues. Uh, it's not something I really need. Uh, again, a uh, hundred issues of, but for a nice little appetizer, a nice little one long story every once in a while, I'm down with it. Back to the independence, shall we? Let's go to American mythology to wrap up the comic section. And we're going to talk about Carson of Venus, A Realm of the Dead, issue one. Now, this is a, a comic book uh, based on the character by Edgar Rice Burroughs, who most famously invented, uh, invented, created Tarzan. Uh, he wrote a whole line of different characters, and American mythology has the right to all of them. Uh, and I'm not very familiar, I wasn't, with Carson of Venus before I actually picked up this issue. And uh, I guess this is the fourth or fifth comic miniseries they've done with the character. Uh, but it, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, it was originally published, uh, it's an adaptation of a story that came out in 1938, uh, it was actually a couple of years before World War II, uh, which tells you how old this is. And a lot of uh, the original novel was kind of satirical look at uh, people following the Nazis and uh, the blind faith of following um, that kind of stuff. Um, that doesn't really translate as well here, but it is, uh, it's still a pretty damn good start. Um, it's actually got me interested enough that I may check out the other miniseries as well. Never mind the uh, the novels. Uh, there was five published novels. I believe four of them were by uh, Burroughs himself. Uh, but there is a brand new novel. The first one to come out in 50 years is coming out uh, in April. It's card called uh, Carson of Venus, The Edge of All Worlds. Uh, so this character is having a little bit of a renaissance here uh, with comics and novels and such. Um, so, I mean, if you like that pulpy kind of action hero, like we talked about Queen of the Black Coast, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in Realm of the Dead. The art isn't quite as strong, uh, but it is still very, you know, you can follow it along pretty well. Uh, the hero's, a, you know, a clean-cut Flash Gordon-looking kind of guy. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, uh, man, I'm telling you, that I, I love how there's always things to discover. Even though it was published decades ago, it still brings some enjoyment to us. Uh, and it's definitely worth checking out. So that's from American Mythology. So definitely check that out. Again, if your comic shop doesn't get some of these Aftershock, American Mythology, uh, Ablaze, either ask for it, buy it digitally, or find yourself a comic shop that supports uh, the smaller press comics. 
Uh, there's some good news for video game fans, uh, maybe TV fans, maybe both. The Last of Us uh, PlayStation game series is coming to HBO, and it's going to be adapted by the creator of the video game, Neil Druckmann. Uh, he's going to be the writer and producer on it, so you know it's going to be faithful. Uh, you know They're going to expand the world's mythology, and it is going to be scary. Uh, I can tell you that much. It's HBO. Man, they did such a great job with The Watchmen. Um, I wish I could express how much that, that show blew me away uh, with, with what they took, a, a challenging situation where nobody wanted that comic adapted after the movie. Um, and they did something completely different yet faithful, which is uh, quite an achievement. Um, that, that's TV. I don't watch a lot of TV, so let's just go on to movies. Uh, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is having its novel finally released. Um, remember the days where they released novels around the time of the launch of the movie? Those days are gone. Now, four or five months later, uh, you get the novel and it expands on the story that you saw in the movie. And supposedly the novel explains a whole ton of what wasn't gone over in the movie. It includes a lot of uh, scenes that weren't there. I've really fleshed out some of the characters, but the one that's really got the internet talking is uh, they explain how Palpatine survived. They explain how ex- who, how is, how to say it, his son that was referenced in the movie that was Ray's father. They explain his origins, uh, how Palpatine survived the fall of the Death Star 2. Uh, man, I mean, I'm, I wasn't a big fan of the movie. I thought it was all right. I thought Disney really dropped the ball on the whole uh, sequel trilogy uh, right from the get-go due to Bob Iger's uh, incompetence uh, of taking a surefire thing and just ruining it. Uh, He actually just unexpectedly resigned. Um, So I think uh, maybe performance is going to take a big hit next time they do their quarterly report, and he's he's bailing. Uh, Don't cry for him. He probably has a billion-dollar parachute, but uh, yeah, no no good, no good. If you get a chance, uh, borrow uh, Iger's book from the library. And just read his thoughts on developing Star Wars and how he didn't want the original characters in there and how he didn't let J.J. Abrams do his original vision of having the original cast go on an adventure. And they wanted to focus on new characters and how he just bungled the whole thing. Very, very fascinating. Uh, Also, we got the final trailer for Scoob, the new Scooby-Doo cartoon movie. You may not know it, but I am a rather... Not a huge, but I I love myself some Scooby-Doo. I subscribed to Boomerang to get the new uh, series... I'm currently watching uh, Mystery Incorporated, uh, which is a fine uh, cartoon that actually tells one, you know, a series of smaller stories, but one overarching story as well, uh, which is very cool. And I, some of those are pretty funny. They also have a Scooby-Doo uh, team-up show, uh, Scooby-Doo and Guess Who? And some of those are just phenomenal. Uh, Ricky Gervais episode where he guest starred as himself was uh, it had me cracking up. Both me and my daughter were laughing at that one. Uh, but they released a final trailer for the, the movie with a surprise villain, Dick Dastardly from Wacky Races, uh, is going to be involved with this in some capacity. I don't know if he's the major villain or, uh, or maybe a red herring or whatever, but, man, this feels like the start between this and Blue Falcon and Captain Caveman. This feels like the launching pad of a Hanna-Barbera cartoon universe, uh, and I, for one, am on board um so yeah if you're not down with the scoob i don't know what to tell you uh get on board because it's going to be a fun movie um and finally uh, evercade if you haven't heard of this evercade is a handheld video game system coming may 22nd uh it's coming over from england and what it is it's a handheld system that uh 
it, it, it's bringing back physical media. So for an example, uh, the first cartridge they have coming out is like an Atari cartridge, and it has 20 different Atari 2600 and 7800 games. Um, they got different studios. They have collections of you know, different things. They just announced a, a double pack with uh, two Genesis homebrew that were games that were released uh, on the Genesis to my cartridges, which sell for like $80. And they're putting them both on one physical cartridge for the Evercade. Uh, and all the game cartridges, I believe, are $20. The handheld system is uh, $70, I believe. But if you go online, you can get like a, a pack with the arcade, the, the console. And I think the first nine cartridges that come in case, nine beautiful cases, full color manuals. Um, and you get all nine of those. I think there's got about 100 games on, all together with all the compilations. And that's less than $200. But the Evercade handheld system is just great because they have one that they announced. It's for the Atari Lynx. And it has um, a bunch of Atari Lynx games on there, including some games released after Atari stopped supporting it, um, which are very expensive to get in physical media. And, and you're going to be able to play it. And if you remember the Atari Lynx, I had one the day it launched. The screen wasn't the best. And I guess they didn't age that well either. So a lot of people have to replace their screens now if they want to use it. This will have a brand new screen, rechargeable batteries and everything. It's just absolutely phenomenal. So I think that's my alarm that I'm running out of time. So I'm going to sign off for this week uh, for episode 44. But I'll be back again hopefully next week with more comic books. Uh, trying to give you guys some uh, independent comics that you can check out. Uh, but please, you know, try to pick up some of these smaller press. Take a chance on uh, the non-Marvel, non-DC, non-image. Uh, I guess I should include IDW in that as well. Uh, j- just check it out. Go, you know, walk past the Marvel, walk past the DC. Hit the independent uh, smaller publisher section, and you'll f- I'm sure you'll find something that catches your eye. And believe me, they really do appreciate it. So uh, for next time, thanks for listening, and I'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the First Comics News Podcast. Visit firstcomicsnews.com for all your comic news. Email us at firstcomicsnewspodcast at gmail.com.